You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Check us all out on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. Every single big name on the block, the Hornets are mentioned in. It's insane right now. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, plenty on the potential trades out there. Have some sound from Kevin Artovitz. Had a chance to ask him a couple questions about the Hornets earlier this morning on the wake-up call, 7.30 the game, ESPN Charlotte. So had a chance to talk with the Kevin Artovitz, one of my favorite NBA personalities out there. You often hear him on the Low Post podcast discussing basketball with Zach Lowe frequently. He also has Pack Your Knife's podcast, Top Chef podcast, that you can check out that he hosts with other NBA analyst Tom Haberstroh. It's a great one. So we will get to some of his sound bites that he had on uh, again, earlier today on the wake-up call, we'll get to some Zach Lowe sound as well. He appeared on the jump yesterday. He mentioned the Hornets as a possible suitor in one scenario. So we'll get to all of that. But first, we have to mention the Hornets' win last night. And with all of this talk about trades, Charlotte is actually playing better basketball in their last five games. So they're four of their last five. They had a bad loss to the Indiana Pacers. But I say bad loss only in margin of victory. Again, that was with a healthy Victor Oladipo. Maybe we'll talk about the ramifications to the Indiana Pacers and how that might affect the Charlotte Hornets later on in the podcast. But that was a fully healthy Indiana Pacers team that they lost to. Second night of a back-to-back, it was on the road, and it really got away from them in the fourth quarter. So that's the loss that you're looking at, the only one in the last five games that started with a Spurs road victory, had the Sacramento Kings home victory in there, You had the Phoenix Suns victory, and now last night you beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Should have beat them. We talked about it yesterday. Absolutely a game that you needed to take care of, but they did so. So they deserve credit for it. And Kemba went absolutely bananas once again in the fourth quarter. On the right wing, turns the corner on Garrett Temple, fakes the pass, hangs, scoops, scores, and it's 105-94. And K-Walk all of a sudden with a quick six points in the fourth quarter. Chris Kroger coming up with K-Walk. I like it. I haven't heard that one before. That call courtesy of Chris Kroger from the Hornets Radio Network. That was a layup to put the Hornets up 105-94 in the fourth quarter. And the next play, who else but Kimba comes down again to hit a three, answering a lot of what Mike Conley had to say about a lot of buckets that he hit of himself in the fourth quarter. But Kimba, again, comes down and hits a three to make it 108-96. Kimba breaks it across. Hands it to Nick Batum. Now it comes to Kemba again, top of the key. Step back three, rims it in. Kemba Walker with a triple, 108-96. Chris Kroger once again, and again, you did see Kemba really come alive in the fourth quarter. Would finish 9 of 17 shooting, did hit a few threes, and finish with 22 points, and he would lead all scorers in this game. Not all scorers, he he would lead all of the Hornets in this game by scoring 22 points. And a close second, believe it or not, We got a Nick Batum sighting last night. Actually hitting some three-pointers, showing some aggressiveness, going to the basket, dunking on people now. I mean, this is not the Nick Batum that we've seen so far all of this season, but he actually showed up last night. Again, the numbers go 6 of 9 from the field in the 37 minutes that he played, was 4 of 6 from beyond the arc, 
went to the free throw line once, hit both of his free throw attempts, and finished with 18 points. And a lot of that came before the fourth quarter, where it was really Kimba who took over from that point. Tony Parker at the beginning of the fourth quarter, he gave you a lot of production. In just the 17 minutes that he played, he scored 17 points. Got you three assists as well. Went to the free throw line a couple of times. Went three of four from the charity stripe. So you got to see Tony Parker. Jeremy Lamb contributed 17 points. And it was really those three guys that have been contributing all season long. And then you get a little bit of a surprise factor. in the fact that Nick Batum actually helped you out in a bigger way than he has all season long. Which is probably nothing. And I feel like Nick Batum does this every once in a while just to piss us off. Like, this is the reason that we get mad at Nick, because we know there is a capability of Nick being able to play a little bit more like this. Like I'd, I'm fine with not expecting the 18 points every single night, but you can get us double digits every single night. It shouldn't be so few and far between that you're actually able to produce a couple of games in a row where you score 10 points. It's ridiculous. And every time you score 10 points or more, The next game, it's almost guaranteed that you're going to put up nine points or less. That's just what we've become accustomed to. But Nick Batum actually contributing in this game. And so now you see what the Charlotte Hornets are capable of when Nick Batum is playing like that. Again, it's against the Memphis Grizzlies, and they're in turmoil right now. This is a team that they should have taken care of business against, and they did so. Held off any kind of run that they attempted in the fourth quarter. They allowed 30 points. It was a 30-point quarter they allowed in the final 12 minutes of action, which you don't like. But when the Hornets are answering on the road like that, can't be too angry at it. So you see Marcus Gasol, a guy we'll talk about again. I talked about it yesterday. I'm all in on trying to go after Marcus Gasol for the Charlotte Hornets team. Marcus Gasol gets a triple-double in this game. 17 rebounds. 22 points, and does finish with 10 assists. Hits a couple three-pointers. Marcus All showing that it's not his fault (laughs) that the Grizzlies are 19-29 and on the season. Mike Conley, same thing from him. Hell of a contributor. 31 points for him. Couple rebounds, just one assist, but still Mike Conley getting it done from the field, shooting 10 of 17. Shooting 40% from the three-point line last night, going 2 of 5. So Mike Conley... Marcus Saul getting upset that the Grizzlies are actually mentioning him in any kind of trade rumor. Kind of funny. It's like it's, it's absolutely a that's my quarterback moment. It's Terrell Owens talking about his quarterback, Marcus Saul talking about his quarterback, and Mike Conley. You know, I understand. This is him talking. Like, I understand if you want to trade me, but not Mike Conley. So both of these guys obviously share a special bond on the court. And I think. That speaks to what Marc Gasol could possibly do here with the Charlotte Hornets. We've seen Gasol and his game mesh very well with a point guard. A worse one than Kimba. Mike Conley is, you don't want to say that he's worse than a lot of people, but Mike Conley, while everybody likes to say he's the most underrated player in the game, the best player never to make an all-star team, you know, I feel like that is a popular consensus when discussing Mike Conley. I think we can all agree that Kimba Walker is better and so I would also think that Marcus Gasol and Kimba Walker can play very well together because we have seen Gasol play very well with a point guard of his own over there in Memphis. So I want to talk about that a little bit more after the break as well as some other potential trades that have been mentioned. It's crazy. Every single time that there is a name that is listed on the market, the Charlotte Hornets are brought up. 
And we'll get into that a little bit after the break. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. Again, that's patreon.com slash LOH. We'll be back here with more in a moment. This is Locked on Hornets. And I'm, I have plenty of hurricane snacks. Went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah. Which What kind of Chex Mix? This savory. Matters. It was a savory Chex Mix. It's you're a an, lot you're, of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an expert on Chex Mix, correct? Right? Well, on I, just I'm, trail mix. I'm very particular about my trail mix. I'm what, not as particular, particular about my Chex Mix. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I'm in a group text with my family right now. My dad just sent me, hey, how about them Pacers? They're going to bust some, uh, what's that? Uh, Never mind. Of course, that's in response to the Victor Oladipo injury that we've seen all throughout our Twitter feeds after the trainer for the Indiana Pacers decided that he wanted to throw a towel on his knee. It looked like the kneecap was all the way to the side of where it usually should be. It looks like Victor Oladipo is done for the season. You look at the headlines, the Indiana Pacers do fear that he is done for the season. And so one, just me being a Pacers fan, I think everybody knows that I do have somewhat of a dual fandom. I do pull for the Indiana Pacers. That is crib for me. I was born in Indianapolis before I did move down here and pull for the Charlotte Hornets teams, right? That's what I grew up on was the early 2000s Hornets team, the late 90s Hornets teams. I did love those teams and it, Got me hooked, but I do have some love for the Indiana Pacers. And so it is a shame to see Victor Oladipo go down with that type of injury. And the Indiana Pacers, like the Charlotte Hornets as far as the market goes, smaller market team when you compare it to all the other teams in the NBA. And it's a team that is, I think, what the Hornets would strive to be. A team that is in a smaller market. They have a star in Indiana, Victor Oladipo. Charlotte has a star here in Charlotte like Kimba Walker, and it's all about building the pieces and drafting well enough to put them in some type of relevance in the Eastern Conference. Indiana, sitting as that third seed right now, now I think you have to be cautious about where you're going to put Indiana. This is still going to be a team that is a playoff team. They're not going to be completely pushed out of the postseason, but now you're interested in how that affects the Charlotte Hornets. Could Indiana free fall enough for the Charlotte Hornets to actually pass them in the standings? The Pacers went winless without Victor Oladipo on the floor last season. They have done a lot better this season without him on the floor, but it's not like it's a big sample size. So you would expect the Pacers to certainly struggle trying to figure out what they want to do. Kevin Pritchard does a great job running that organization. So you would imagine that he's not going to just sit back and kind of let all of this play out as the rest of the season goes by. But I'm interested because this does affect the Charlotte Hornets team if they free fall enough. Brooklyn has passed the Hornets. Now they're the sixth seed. The Hornets host. They hold the seventh seed right now because the Heat lost last night. So they hold sole possession of the seventh seed. If there is a tie, we all know right now that the Hornets have that tiebreaker against the Miami Heat. The way the Hornets are playing, defensively, they are playing better. They have played better the last five games. So maybe this is a team that could they actually get to a sixth seed or a fifth seed because the Indiana Pacers fall back. 
Oh, I, you're, you're still putting the Bucks. You're still putting the Raptors, 76ers, and Celtics. That Those are four teams that you're comfortable saying, yeah, those are four better teams. There's no way that you climb all the way in the front half of the standings in the Eastern Conference. But it depends. Like I, I'm here for that argument. I, I would personally think that the Hornets probably still don't end up with a fifth seed. I would imagine a lot of people probably feel the same way. But I, I'm not here to say that that's stupid anymore. You know, with Victor Oladipo on that Indiana Pacers team, yeah, nobody else is fighting for that fifth seed. Indiana is clearly one of the five best teams in the Eastern Conference. But without Oladipo, you know, who knows? Maybe that is something that does affect the Charlotte Hornets. One other guy that's not going to sit by and watch the season just completely pass him. At least it seems with all the times that we've heard this team, the Charlotte Hornets, mentioned in all the trade rumors, that's Mitch Kupchak. Remember what they brought Mitch Kupchak in for? Rich Cho was viewed as this analytical guy as the GM, someone that went by the numbers. Often I think you heard of some rifts between general management and coaching, meaning Steve Clifford. So the feud between falling in love too much with the numbers like Cho was accused of doing so in this scenario and just going on good old Cliff's IQ, I think you did have some pushback from both parties involved. So they move on from both. Michael Jordan and company, they completely clean house. And the next process... It starts by bringing in Mitch Kupchak. So why is he the guy? Well, Kupchak is regarded as the guy that has all the contacts throughout the league. So we know that he's good at networking. So here's Kupchak, who's not only a Tar Heel, which helps. <laughs> you can throw that joke all around all, around all you want to. You know, Michael Jordan does love his heels. There is such a thing as a blue mafia. So you do have Mitch Kupchak here in that regard. But it's also a guy that has made a ton of trades with the L.A. Lakers including some blockbuster ones like the one for Paul Gasol. Remember, he traded for Chris Paul first before that was denied by the league. So bringing in a guy like Kupchak, it made sense when you think of the situation Charlotte's in. High-profile free agents have shown to not sign with Charlotte historically. So the best way to get better here in a market like Charlotte's is through the draft and through trading. And so when you look at Mitch Kupchak's history... It's a guy that was not afraid to make a trade over there in L.A. Certainly, worldly different situations when you're working with the Lakers. That is a historic franchise. You did have Kobe Bryant for a lot of what he was trying to resurrect from the Kobe and Shaq days when that dwindled down into nothingness. You did try to build that back up, and they did so by trading for Paul. So Mitch Kupchak was responsible for a rise in the post-Shaq era of the Lakers. Again, I've talked about his talent evaluation late in drafts before. It's something that needs to be commended. Andrew Bynum was a guy that he drafted 10th overall. Now, it's not a name that you immediately think of as successful, but remember, this is a guy that didn't make an all-NBA team. He was an all-star. He kind of lost his head. He went crazy a little bit. But with the Lakers, and he also had huge injury problems that would kick him out of the league just as much as some of the character issues that he had. But that was a gamble. At the time, I believe he was the youngest player ever to be drafted in the league, and it worked out for them. He was a good player for them, not to mention some guys in the later rounds like Asasha Vujicic. You know, I think at like number 55 overall, the guy's drafting Robert Sacre, which is somebody that at least made a roster. I mean, he was able to find talent in situations where a lot of GMs would be unsuccessful. I mean, did you see it here already in Charlotte with Devontae Graham going in the second round? Possibly. Certainly looks that way. So 
praising Mitch Kupchak, to me, I think a lot of it comes through the work that he's done through drafts, late in the drafts, which is what Charlotte is doing right now, drafting later in the first round because they are a fringe playoff team or they actually do get in. And also, you see what he's done through trades. So it makes sense that they would hire Mitch Kupchak, and also it makes sense that the Hornets would be mentioned in a lot of trade rumors. Here's a guy that, again, understands networking. They hire him in large part because he has so many contacts. So when you get a Mike Conley and Mark Gasol finally out there on the open market, it makes sense that the Charlotte Hornets name would be mentioned, especially trying to find some help for Kemba Walker. Here's Zach Lowe on the jump just yesterday on potential teams that he could see interested in Mark Gasol. Uh, Mark is a little trickier. Uh, he's either an expiring contract or he has a player option he can take for next year. And just, you know, there are fewer teams that need centers. Um, to me, I think Charlotte would be the most obvious fit. Absolutely desperate to make the playoffs. But their contracts are even worse right. than Detroit's contracts. Oh, and just wow. making the salary add up. They're a summer of 2016 team, right? They're a yeah. team that got into a lot of yeah. trouble back then. But, but again, it would have to be some stuff that you don't necessarily want, plus one pick. I think the Memphis is going to Memphis is going to end up wanting more than one pick, particularly from if the team that they trade the player to is going to become good. So the always frequent shot from Zach Lowe that the Hornets are desperate to make the playoffs. I can't say that I disagree, certainly, but you're always going to hear Zach Lowe throw that in there anytime that he evaluates the Charlotte Hornets. But you heard there, it, it makes sense to me. If the Grizzlies want more than one pick, then I just don't think they're going to get it. I don't think that there's any team needy enough of Marcus All to where they're going to surrender more than just the one pick. I think you can get away with a protected first-round pick, and if you include Malik Monk. Zach Lowe talked about trying to make the money work. We know that a sweetener would have to be adding one of these contracts that is considered dead money. Nick Batum, while, hey, thanks for the contribution last night, in large part, it's been dead money here, paying you $26, 25000000 million. So Nick Batum is going to be the guy that Mitch Kupchick and company want to include in this trade. Now, I would imagine that the Grizzlies turn that down. He is basically the same exact amount of money he's getting as Marcus Gasol. Oh, and he has a player option a year later than what Marcus Gasol's contract actually entails. So you're bringing on a lot of money, and you're bringing it on for one more year than Marcus Gasol's. I would imagine they turn that down. I would imagine they're not bringing on Nick Batum. So then I really think a counteroffer, I think they can do it for Bismack Biombo, especially if you're actually showing some of the value that he has right now. He's actually played okay. I think his value certainly has increased in this little time that he's played in Cody Zeller's absence. Then it's certainly been hurt or even stayed neutral. I think it has increased. I'm not saying it's worth $17 million. Let's not get it too twisted here. But certainly, I think the only trajectory that you've seen Bismack Biombo's value do since he's played is go up. And so now, if you want to include that contract with a protected first-round pick and maybe Malik Monk, I, as much as I want to see Malik Monk succeed with this team, Malik Monk is just the perfect guy as far as not a young stud, but also a guy that could see could be viewed as a reclamation project for a team where he could actually maybe turn out to be a very good player. And so that's just something you're going to have to give up. I could see that. Malik Monk protected first-round pick, and some dead money in Bismack. Give me Marcus All, and maybe we get Doug's boy, Omri Caspi. I, I don't know who the other player is. That's irrelevant. It's just all about you know what kind of other player would you want in that situation, whatever. The, the real thing is getting Mark, and I think that is attainable. 
Now, one other thing that we've seen here, real quickly before we take our next break, we have seen another name now be mentioned in a potential trade for the Charlotte Hornets. Brandon Robinson, host of Scoop B Radio podcast, senior writer of Basketball Society, he tweets out, the Detroit Pistons have explored trade scenarios for Andre Drummond recently. Says one team that's interested in Drummond, it's the Charlotte Hornets. And the Pistons have inquired about Charlotte's Malik Monk and Nicholas Batum. So if Detroit is inquiring about Nick Batum, then maybe that's the most realistic shot that the Hornets could get off of this contract. Now, here's what's interesting about Andre Drummond is that it's a guy that has been an all-star in this league before, multiple times, I believe, two times, certainly last season as well. But it's also kind of a guy that his game resembles that of a Dwight Howard who was just here last season. I think Andre Drummond is better than Dwight Howard at this point in his career. I mean, you could be talking about the best rebounder in the game in Andre Drummond. He's more athletic than Dwight is at this point in his career. Like, Andre Drummond is a better player. I I wouldn't hate this. He is making more money than what Nick Batum is. It's for the same exact amount of years. So it's pretty equal on that front. If you got rid of Nick Batum and you got Andre Drummond, then certainly you're getting a player that's more close to his value. And so I think I'd be cool with that. Problem with me becomes getting rid of a first-round pick for Andre Drummond. How many is it going to have to be? Because you know, I, I would imagine that the Pistons aren't getting rid of Andre Drummond just for Nick Batum and Malik Monk. And so it, it's a scary risk to take. If you wanted to trade Malik Monk and Nick Batum and some kind of protected first-round pick or just a first-round that's not protected, you know, I would imagine that they are asking for more than what the Grizzlies are for Marcus All. So if you have to give up more and you're getting a player like Andre Drummond with this team, I'm, I'm just I'm comfortable. Like I, This is not a Kevin Love deal where I'm completely shooting it down. This is not that. Where, if, if they're offering Kevin Love, like I'm just not taking it. It's for a lot more money. It's for more years than Nick Batum. As, as useless as Batum is sometimes, I'm keeping on to that contract If in that Kevin Love scenario. With an Andre Drummond, that, that's not the case here. Like I, I wouldn't know how I feel about it. I think right now I'd probably say no. no. They moved on from Dwight Howard. I think there are their games are pretty comparable. And so I think I would just stay home rather than be all that interested in Andre. If they're saying that we're going to take Nick Batum's contract on, then you have to listen to it. Especially with how desperate we've been at times here in Charlotte trying to get rid of that money. So you have to listen to it, and depending on maybe some of the other sweeteners, you know, depending on a first-round pick, whether that's included, if it's protected, how protected is it, whether they want Malik Monk, if they want somebody else, you know, the, the details of this contract, they matter quite a bit. So I'm I'm think I'm staying home though if it's Andre Drummond, but Marcus saw that that's the guy that I have attached myself to. That is the one I am pursuing. If they include Nick Batum in any kind of return, fantastic. Let's get that deal done right now. Even if it's just Bismack Biombo. I'm doing that right now. I'm getting 33-year-old Marcus all just fine with it by the way. Bringing him in. He's got a player option the next season if he opts in. Awesome. Great. That means you have Kimba and Mark. Assuming Kimba does sign an extension here in Charlotte, it means you got both of those guys. And I'm ready to roll, baby. 
Give me Marcus All. That's the guy that I want, even more so over Andre Drummond, who has now had his name listed in this trade market, possibly moving on to another team. We appreciate you joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're coming to you from the 730 The Game Essex Home Studios in Uptown Charlotte, but also, as we always do, we have to give a shout-out to the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that is make more sales. We'll be back in just one moment here with the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Hmm. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day. Nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I apologize. I said I'd get to some Kevin Arnovitz audio here today, and I simply just have not done so. I don't want to lie to you guys. So we're going to try to get to one soundbite. Not enough time, I don't think, for a couple of the soundbites that we had from him today, but maybe we'll play the other one tomorrow. But I do want to get to one, and it does entail a lot of the same things that we've been talking about with the Charlotte Hornets and possibly trading for some other guys to get some help for Kemba Walker. I think one thing that is interesting is that we did talk about the Dallas Mavericks inquiry to see if the Hornets would be willing to give up Kimball Walker. It would mean a massive change. Instead, the Charlotte Hornets have said, no, we're keeping Kimba and we're trying to get him some help. We want the Hornets to be his team for the future. And so I, I think that means that the Hornets are trying to get Kimba some help where we have we tried to dissect all of Kimba's comments when he did go on the jump when they were playing the Clippers a couple of weeks ago. You know, we I think we were trying to dissect that, and it seemed like Kimba was saying that, one, he, he needs to get paid for sure. It, we, we don't have any for sure clue on what he said, right? We, we don't confirm it, but it does seem like Kimba wants to get paid. Why wouldn't he? Uh, everybody should want to get paid like that. And then also you have Kimba saying, yeah, Cupcheck knows what he needs to do, and you think that entails getting him some help. So now this is another reason why the Charlotte Hornets have inquired about an Andre Drummond. You you would think, I don't think we've had any official word on if they've inquired about Marcus Gasol, but it's a team that makes it an obvious, it makes obvious sense. And so we asked Kevin Arnovitz on the wake-up call if the Hornets would make a move at the deadline, and he did bring up this side about talking about Kimba Walker. Here's Kevin. Here's the answer to this question has been, you know, will, will, will the team listen to offers for Kemba Walker? It's just not something you really hear much anymore. Um, now, it, you know, it's just not, that, that has not become a matter of fixation the way it has in past years. He was sort of the answer to the trivia question, who is the best potential player on the market available. Um, but it, it's just, there's, there's nothing in the ether that, that suggests that. I mean, listen, I think the Hornets have a lot of salary on the books. Um, and, you know, unlike a lot of other teams kind of going through the, you know, how, how do we reach sort of certain playoff destiny each and every season, you know, they don't have a lot of flexibility. They're, they're more like Detroit in that capacity. You know, Biombo's on the books. 
uh, for an option next season. Marvin, um, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, but Toomes got two more years because uh, he's almost certain to do uh, pick up his option. Zeller's on the book long term, so you know you just have a lot of you got a lot of contracts, and you know the goal of any general manager is to sort of you know manage that spreadsheet to the point where you've got money to spend. Um, on, on future talent, locking up current talent, and, and the Hornets are one of those teams that could really benefit um, just from clearing up and decongesting that, that salary structure. And so I wonder if there's any way to do that, you know, while getting some help. Like, th- this is the Grizzlies would make sense if they take on dead money. The Pistons would make some sense if they take on Nick Batum's contract again, but we, we'd be getting Andre Drummond and you just wonder about the fit with Kimba Walker and Andre Drummond. So it's not like Kimba, it's not like I, I should say Kevin says too many things that we don't know. I mean, we know about the money that's allocated to all of these guys, but I just thought it was interesting. You know, you bring this up, it, it goes to show you the point at the beginning of his comments that it used to be all of these teams asking about Kimba. You just don't hear the Hornets at all listing Kimba as a potential guy that other teams could have anymore. Now it goes to show you this is what the Hornets are intending to do. They're going to go to battle with Kimba as their best basketball player, and they're hoping that they can get a very good second to where the gap between first and second is not as much as it is right now. All right, thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. Hopefully we get Doug and Nada back tomorrow to send us off for the week and enjoy the weekend. But until then, we do have one more show. We'll be back with you tomorrow.